M&T Bank presents CEOs You Should Know, powered by iHeartMedia. In celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, let's meet Joseph Lightman Santa Cruz. He's the Executive Director and CEO for the Capital Area Asset Building, also known as CAB. Before we talk about all the great work Joseph and his team are doing at their nonprofit, I first asked Joseph to talk a little bit about himself, where he's from, and his origin story. Oh, my God, Dennis, do you have uh, three hours for this conversation? <laughs> um, I am the proud outcome of a single mom-led household in Guatemala City, Guatemala, which is a country in Central America. Um, I came to Washington, D.C. for high school uh, when I met up with my dad. And then I went to, and I'm a proud uh, Wilson High School graduate in Washington, D.C. Then I went to do college and started working professionally in California, and eventually, about 11, 12 years ago, both my wife and I relocated to the DMV because I started working in Virginia and then subsequently in the District of Columbia. And where'd you go to school? I went to school for undergrad at San Francisco State University, a very large 35,000-plus student body population. And believe it or not, in my late 40s, I now have gone back to school, um, I am. Uh, I believe I am one of the oldest graduate students currently doing a master's in public policy at American University. So every time I come back from the first uh, class of one of my classes, my two kids always ask me, "Hey, is anybody uh, older than you?" And the answer is no. I am definitely the most seasoned uh, student over there. That's wonderful, Joseph, and and w- thanks for sharing your story. We talked to so many CEOs and leaders that uh, originated from different countries. And I'd love to hear your experience. You know, you're you're a teenager. You come over here and you finish up high school. What was the experience like? Was there a lot of culture shock, or did you kind of get into the the American system very quickly? Did you have English in your background already? What was the adventure like coming here? Absolutely, a combination of pros and cons, right? But right away, uh, given that I was only 16 years of age, you can imagine that there were multiple transitions taking place, not only personally, socially but also academically. So I had the pleasure of attending a fantastic D.C. public school, Wilson High School, which had a a great reputation and great resources uh, for all students. My uh, English language proficiency was uh, very good at that point, and I was definitely able to see some of the challenges that other students who came from other uh, backgrounds, primarily low to moderate income backgrounds, immigrant uh, backgrounds, and also folks who did not have access to the same level of resources I had access to were challenged. And that really, Dennis, ignited my interest to say, why is it that different people have access to different opportunities? And why is it that we all claim that this is a country, this is a society that gives all the same opportunities? So that really uh, sparked an interest to be part of a solution rather than just focus on how I could benefit from the privileges that I had been provided. Well, Joseph, that is a perfect segue for us to talk about Capital Area Asset Building, known as CAAB or CAB, and we'll refer to it as CAB as, uh, for our conversation for purposes that I think are pretty obvious, especially for me, so I don't flub that up all the time. But with that said, you offer so many different things, and, and before we get into any kind of specificity, Joseph, tell us about the mission state when it comes to CAB. Yeah, Dennis. So we are a 25-plus-year-old nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C. And to get straight to the point, we unapologetically focus on addressing and closing the racial wealth gap 
both inside Washington, D.C. and throughout the DMV region. The mission of CAV is to create opportunities so that low to moderate income community members, both individuals and families, throughout this DMV region have the opportunity to build financial security, savings, and wealth for the future. So we are both a poverty alleviation organization and an entity that focuses on providing the opportunity for folks to achieve their God-given potential. And we make sure that we drop and provide information, resources, and money so that folks who currently are in a low to moderate income status have the opportunity to really achieve both financial stability and eventually long-term prosperity. And for those who don't know, CAB is a very small organization. We've got Joseph, and then you've got currently 11 employees, but I know you're going to double that soon with 15 more new employees and what they're going to do. We can talk about that in a moment. But I did want to chat about something that was on your website that I've, I've found extraordinary, and I'll read it out to everybody. It's since 1996, over 2,000 cab savers have invested in their dreams. 44% of them have purchased their first homes. 40% have pursued education or job training, and 16% of them have invested in small businesses. As I read that, and as you help uh, families out there, black and brown and people that don't have these opportunities, those are extraordinary numbers. Maybe you can expound on that for us first. I appreciate it, Dennis. And by the way, just a few weeks ago, we proudly celebrated the home number 1,000 that has been purchased through one of the CAB managed uh, savings programs. So we are directly involved in providing access to information and resources. But then we strongly believe that throughout the United States, we all need access to capital. We all need access to money in order to really achieve both our short-term and long-term financial goals. Some of our clients have the goal of becoming debt-free. Others have the goal of actually starting their savings journey. And others have more of a concrete long-term savings planning, like sending their kids or their grandchildren to college, be able to launch a small business, or be able to achieve the American dream through first-time home buying. So we really focus on what is the journey that needs to be initiated, what are the mechanisms to achieve that, what are the pitfalls to avoid altogether, and how much money is needed, both from the perspective of our clients and how much money CAV is able to provide as a tax-free grant to our participants. And we're able to do that, Dennis, thanks to the great support that we have from both D.C. government agencies, financial institutions, foundations, individual donors, and so many other external stakeholders. So it does really take a village in order to provide everyone the opportunity to achieve the American dream. Joseph, let's talk about that American dream. And if we have listeners that are, are, are tuning into this right now, listening to our conversation, how on earth do they get involved in these programs so they can have some opportunities that maybe they didn't have before? Absolutely, Dennis. We are proud at CAB to never charge anything to the low to moderate income clients that we work. Uh, this is where I spend most of my time as a CEO, as a leader, to securing external funding sources, to securing new partnerships so that we can do more, so we can go deeper, so that we can have a greater impact in the community. And that really translates into, for anyone who's listening to us, who's currently facing an income constraint, or if you know of a family member in D.C. or throughout the region who aspires to launch a business or to buy a home or to send themselves or their kids to college, please give us a shot. Let us uh, earn your trust. Uh, C-A-A-B dot org. C-A-B dot org is our website. And for those external audiences who would like to be 
part of a solution who would like to create income generation and wealth creation opportunities for all community members, please let us also give us the opportunity to earn your trust, become an individual donor, become a funder of ours. Let us know how we can also be of assistance to advance your social governance or your corporate citizenship agendas if you're a corporation or a foundation that does business throughout the DMV. Joseph, I imagine, as I talked about with the small staff you have, even though you're going to be doubling up very soon, that being a small organization as you are, especially with you, even though you're CEO, executive director, and you've been doing that for almost four years now with CAB, that your boot's on the ground all the time. I bet you're meeting these families. You're talking to the donors. You're talking to the businesses, the builders out there, to make sure that things are done correctly. But if you could expound on that a little bit more about your daily things that you do when you're working with all these entities, what that is like. Absolutely, Dennis. And it's really, um, I, I, I both appreciate, understand, but also like to get directly involved in the work that we do. So on, on a daily basis, I have both a combination of strategic, but also very tactical moves that I need to be focusing on. And in me, uh, in a very humble way, you do not have a CEO who says, I only get paid to do the vision or to do the leadership or to do the revenue generation. In me, you have somebody who says, those three key components are crucial when it comes to having a leader or a manager, somebody who has a vision, who raises funds, who develops new uh, relationships. But in me, you also have somebody who personally and professionally benefits from providing direct services to the community members that we work with. So I'm always involved in actually providing classes on meeting one-on-one and meeting with potential clients of ours. And anytime that we have access, that I have access to resources that could be of benefit to clients of ours, I'm the one proactively reaching out saying, hey, you are currently in the uh, transportation business. Are you aware of the following procurement opportunities, either within the D.C. government or Commonwealth of Virginia, state of Maryland? Uh, We're also making sure that everyone knows of the ecosystem. When it comes to home ownership, post-secondary education, and small business, the DMV has a very healthy ecosystem of service providers. Unfortunately, very few of the community members who could benefit from those services, from those strategies, are fully aware of their existence. So this is where we at CAB, and I take pride in doing a lot of uh, media engagements and being very active on social media and also uh, making sure that through our external external stakeholders, folks are aware of this. We're very proud to actually be the bridge that is connecting the demand and the supply because at the end of the day, Dennis, we all benefit throughout society when more people can buy homes, when more people launch businesses, when more people are able to graduate from college. As we all recall from our Econ 101, the circular flow of money enables for that money to societally benefit all of us involved. So when it comes to low to moderate income community members, it's estimated that about 80% of the additional income they receive is spent within the neighborhood economy. So this would be uh, paying for the basic necessities, being able to address those uh, desires and those needs that their families have. So as business owners, as landlords, as those who own the means of production, everyone benefits when more money is being spent. So once again, uh, if you want to be involved in being a solution provider and giving folks a shot at prosperity, uh, please let us know how CAP can be of assistance. And if you need the services that we make available and we make them available for free, 
Also, please let Cav know how we could be of assistance. And we'll once again give website, phone number, social media handles at the end of our interview just to make sure everybody has that. Joseph, you happen to mention that you've celebrated your 1,000th home, and I think it's an extraordinary milestone, and I know you're going to continue to grow and build on that. But with that said, maybe for me and my listeners, you could share just one success story from soup to nuts for a family that didn't have uh, the necessary income to maybe get this going. You intervened. You made it happen. Maybe share one story that was, uh, you know, touched your heart. It was a great story. You didn't know if you were going to get there, but you got across the finish line. Share something with us. Absolutely, Dennis. We we got to see a lot of those stories. And, and this is just not me personally, but really speaking on behalf of the organization, we have the ability to be a uh, quarterback for the benefit of different clients that are uh, entrusting us and working with us. Uh, while we can provide one specific uh, solution, we also focus on making sure that our clients are aware of different services, different uh, strategies, different programs that could enhance or enrich their lives as well. So to, um, uh, to uh, create a composite of the last uh, two and a half years throughout the pandemic, we were able to connect a good number of clients with economic opportunities throughout the DMV, how to keep somebody housed, how to be able to pay rent on time, how to avoid foreclosure, how to have access to interest-free capital to pay for their employees' uh, wages on time, how to be able to put a pause on um, mortgage payments or how to be able to request the local tax authorities or the IRS to provide an extension to both file and pay for taxes or be able to maximize a benefit from tax credits. So, uh, Dennis, when it comes to the economic system in this country, we know that if we are given a shot and if the system stays out of our way, meaning if systemic racism, if specific socioeconomic obstacles are removed, then people can achieve their God-given potential. But it's extremely important to have access to the most basic information. Then it's one of the key components we focus on is how to present access an entry point to the financial economic system for the benefit of our clients. And sometimes that means something as basic as why somebody should have a bank or a credit union account, why they should be filing their taxes, how to maximize key tax credits for the benefit of low-income communities like the child tax credit or the earning from tax credit. So it's not rocket science, but in this country, if we do not know what we don't know, then we cannot participate proactively, we cannot benefit from the system. And a lot of times I am so proud of the work that our team does, but I am extremely proud of the great impact that our clients are able to achieve, primarily because first and foremost, it takes their hard work, their dedication, their savings, and then we in a humble way are able to amplify the work that we're doing. So throughout the DMV or throughout the United States, it's not that a service provider achieves that impact. It's that we amplify the work that our clients are doing. And at the end of the day, because everybody has skin in the game, everybody benefits from the strategies that CAV is making available. Well stated, Joseph. Thank you so much for that. You mentioned the pandemic. We ask all our leaders about the, you know, what happened in March 2020, and we're very clear that it affected all of us personally in many different levels. But professionally, there are some businesses that got lost in the shuffle. So I'm curious, when the pandemic hit for you and your employees, what happened, how did you pivot, and where did it take the company to today? Oh, God, Monday, March 19th, 2020 is 
when uh, I had asked all my team members to come into the office and I said, we will be here for no more than two hours, pick up all the equipment. Uh, we immediately pivoted at that point. Um, um, I had done some research that previous weekend as to what was the most effective way to handle a teleworking uh, workforce. And the number one item that the Harvard Business Review article I read indicated IT support. So I reached out to the IT provider we work with, and I said, hey, we will pay you more if our email messages, our phone calls are the first ones that you're responding to. And fortunately, we got in front of the queue of other clients that they had, much bigger ones than uh, than CAV. But that item we resolved immediately. Everybody at CAV was given the necessary equipment, the right uh, telecoms tools to get the work done. But as we all know, Dennis, so much has transpired, so much has happened over the last two and a half years. Um, something that I did make a decision on, and this dates back to late spring of 2021, is that I did not believe that there was a need to force team members to go back to the office just because I had made a decision to pay a specific dollar amount for our monthly rent, right? Um, I said, what's working here? And the, the simple adage of it ain't broken, don't fix it, really applied to us. Uh, in year number one of the pandemic, Dennis, we probably tripled the number of clients we had served versus 2019. Last year in 2021, the second year of the pandemic, right, we doubled the number of clients we had served versus 2020. And 2022, right now, the third year of the pandemic, we are on track to, again, double the number of clients that we serve versus last year. So we have seen the significant high levels of productivity achieved by team CAF members. We have seen how our clients have been able to continue to benefit uh, from our services. So I'm a deep believer and a strong believer of first investing in the infrastructure that enables your team to achieve the goals and the work that needs to be uh, achieved, and then to be able to simply get as much feedback from my team members as to what is it that makes them feel safe, comfortable, and productive. And so at this point, Dennis, we have actually extended our hybrid service delivery model all the way through the end of June of 2023. And I just cannot see myself in simply forcing my team members to go back to an office when it has been demonstrated that at the most important level, our clients' needs are being met and that we are able to continuously uh, be on an upward trajectory in serving more clients and having deeper impact. Of course, that applies to a small organization like ours, we do not have thousands of um, offices rented throughout a region or the country, but we cannot achieve the goals of an organization by simply implementing what others are doing. We need to see what is the uniqueness of the services, what is the uniqueness of the culture of the organization that we're leading in order to determine what best solutions should be implemented. Well, Joseph, thank you for sharing that, and I think that you'll understand that this is a common thread. When we talk to a lot of our leaders and CEOs, when it came to the pandemic, they got ahead of it. They communicated the needs of not only their clients, but specifically their staff and how they could adapt 
during that to get better and grow, and you certainly have done that when it comes to cabs. So thank you for sharing that extraordinary story about how you pivoted during the pandemic. I did want to finish off and put a bow on everything when it came to cab about maybe, Joseph, something we haven't talked about yet about cab that you want to make sure our listeners know about. Absolutely, Dennis. I appreciate the opportunity. What we do at CAB is to focus on providing access to how somebody can achieve financial stability and long-term prosperity. So there are those who could benefit from our services, and then there are those who can financially support the opportunity for those to achieve financial stability and long-term prosperity. So we at CAB are always open to new partnerships. We're always open to continuously learning as to best practices, best practices that should be implemented throughout the DMV that are currently not here. So if I, as an individual, as a CEO, or if we as a nonprofit organization could be of assistance to either a community member or to a private sector partner, we are here to serve. Joseph, if anybody wants to donate, if they want to maybe look at a possible career with you, or they just want to educate themselves and find out more about CAB, how do they do that? Our website is caab.org. And, or our general phone line is 202-419-1440. Uh, we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, again, if we could be of assistance, please let us know. And if you're interested in supporting an organization that is empowering low- to moderate-income community members, please work with us and please support us as well. Joseph, can't tell you how much we appreciate your time. Continue the great work, and please give my best to all your staff and the new people coming in. It's really, and I've said this a couple times, extraordinary what you and your team are doing out there, and I I just wish there were more uh, companies like you out there that were doing what you are right now, and you're changing families' lives in the United States, specifically in the DMV in the Washington, D.C. area, which uh, we all love to hear these kind of stories. So thank you so very much for all that you're doing. Continued success, and thank you for joining us on CEOs You Should Know. Thank you. Our community partner, M&T Bank, supports CEOs You Should Know as part of their ongoing commitment to building strong communities, and that starts by backing the businesses within them. As a bank for communities, M&T believes in dedicating time, talent, and resources to help local businesses thrive. Because when businesses succeed, our communities succeed.